0: Have you ever been at an intersection with your indicator on left and wondered what would happen if you turned right? How would that decision to change direction and take a different road impact your life? This is I'm at a Crossroad, the podcast about life's ultimate plot twists, where you will hear stories from people who have faced a life-changing decision. This episode, I got to
1: a stage where I realised I don't have any more energy to give to other people.
0: It's likely that at some point, you've dreamed about quitting your job and going on an adventure. For Kai Noonan, it was a daydream that became a reality. Being in a camper
1: van for an extended period of time is my idea of heaven and my partner's idea of hell.
0: Life on the road can be good for the soul, but it's not always comfortable. One night,
1: there was a huntsman in my camper and my first thought was, I have to burn the camper down because there's no other option.
0: Kai's story begins in the middle of the pandemic.
1: Hi, I'm Kai Noonan. I was at a crossroads, I would say, the end of 2021, early 2022. I decided to quit my job, pack up my life get in a camper van and go traveling around Australia while pregnant to make a podcast. We obviously had COVID in 2020, so I was managing a very large refuge service for women and children. COVID was particularly tricky because you have already isolated people further isolated. We had COVID outbreaks running through our refuges. I was doing 10, 12-hour days at work supporting other people. Coming home, not knowing when things were going to change, not knowing when COVID was going to settle. There were 1,116
0: locally acquired cases of COVID-19. Have to. restrictions extended. The authorities to
1: contain the growing outbreak. You need to be able to regulate your own emotions and you need to have spare energy to give to other people and it got to a stage where I realised I don't have any more energy to give to other people. That's when I had to stop and think because I was on a solid plan, you know, it was babies, it was mortgage. I was going to be an adult for kind of the first time in my life really. Prior to that, I'd lived a very colourful life. And I had made a decision when I was about 30 to settle down and to focus on my career, to focus on saving, to be an adult, quote, unquote. And then come end of 21, early 22, I just realised I didn't have the energy to keep doing it. And that's when I made the decision to stop doing what I was doing. So it was definitely stress and fatigue and maybe a bit of fear. But ultimately, the decision to leave was based on what was important to me and what are my values. The real decision was probably about a three-month thinking process, and I had to talk to my partner a lot about it because, again, for the first time in my life, I had somebody else that I really had to consider, and I wasn't used to that. I came from a pretty poor working-class background where we never had money, so money just didn't matter to me in quite the same way, even though friends around me, I'm at an age now where everybody's buying their houses and buying electric vehicles. So I do feel a little bit left behind, but fundamentally I was not raised to really feel secure in finances. My partner's incredibly supportive, but at the same time it fundamentally impacts her sense of safety and security because she gets a sense of safety and security from finances. Everybody else around me thinks I'm a little bit mad, or as my sister said, that I make questionable life decisions. So I think it is a bit out of the norm, particularly around that age of 40, particularly because I was trying to have a baby and then all of a sudden to want to pack up and go. But yeah, it came down to what do I value in life and who do I want to be? My core values are really around constantly growing and learning and about adventure and living life to its fullest. And they were two of the real driving factors for me. The other core value is caring for and loving the people that are close to me. And that was the one which seemed to be in conflict with this decision that I had to make because I wanted to care for my partner. Being in a camper van for an extended period of time is my idea of heaven and my partner's idea of hell. So my partner did meet me on the trip for about two weeks. And she loved it for the first week. (laughs) Then I had to go on a lot of walks to give her space. I don't think a tight, confined space uh, is really her idea of fun. So it was always going to be a solo trip. I'm also a very social person who is really fine in my own company. So I had no issues being alone. I also had a real core for nature. I don't think I'm built for cities. I don't think I understand them. I don't think I fit in. I think... I find them deeply sad and stressful, and I needed to get out of the city. And also the work in domestic violence and sexual assault. And people often say to me, that must be hard work. And I say, probably not in the way that people think. The stories don't impact me anymore most of the time. I've definitely developed a thick skin, but it does change the way that you view the world and see people. And I think the core of me is fundamentally jaded by the work that I've been doing for the last 15 years. And so I had a real core to get out and heal that jaded part of me. So I resigned from my job. I was the director of client operations, so all of The staff and clients were under my responsibility, so I gave three months' notice. It was hard to resign because I felt like I was letting a lot of people down. And the plan was to get in a camper van, go travelling, make a podcast and then think about what happens after. Gave three months' notice, I resigned and about two days later I got pregnant. So that threw things out a little bit. I'd been trying for years. All of a sudden I had this plan and then again I was faced with this decision of, okay, I'm almost thrown back on the original path that I was on but now I'm unemployed so I've got the baby path but I've quit my job and I decided I've done it now, I've made a decision, I don't believe in going back, I don't believe in new turns, I'm just going to stay on this path and I'm going to do it while pregnant. I knew that being pregnant, I couldn't stay in a tent. I'm also not a caravan kind of person, so that left a pop-up camper, essentially. I... I have a very active imagination and most pop-up campers are canvas and all I could picture is somebody cutting a knife through it and me not feeling safe. So that really left the option of a solid-walled pop-up camper. So it really reduced my options. I found a cute little triangle A van, which I loved. It had a double bed, a table and two chairs, a fridge and a stove in it. And I had a jar to pee in, which is very important when you're pregnant because you pee a lot. And that's what I had, and it was cute, and I towed it on the back of my ute, and it really gave me a sense of adventure. I was away for three months, a little bit more. I left pretty much the day my second trimester hit and came home two or three weeks into my third trimester. And I also had to rush the end of my trip because just sitting down in a car when you're pregnant is painful. I left Sydney, travelled through southwest New South Wales into the ACT, through Victoria, so Northern Victoria, Melbourne, down to the Great Ocean Road and the coast. Then I went up through the Grampians, down through South Australia to Kangaroo Island, back up to Adelaide and I did the York Peninsula, straight up through the centre of the desert, all the way up to, I spent a fair bit of time around Alice and Central Desert, up to Darwin, from Darwin into Kakadu, from Kakadu into regional Queensland. I had no idea how big Queensland was. It is huge. Just to get from Kakadu to the coast in Queensland, it took about five days of solid driving. Up through far north Queensland, around the Daintree, down the coast, Barrier Reef, through Brisbane, and then back home. It was pretty funny pulling up beside people particularly when I got into my third trimester because I was lifting this heavy roof of my camper up and I think there was a few people that honestly thought I might go into labour with the strain of it. One of my first nights was snowing down near Canberra and in my camper it was minus two minus three degrees and it was raining for I think the whole first month I was away. And that got a little bit hard, but it was still fresh and new that it was exciting. By the time I headed north and the sun was shining and the stars were out all night, I was off forward driving and I was going up mountains and going into remote communities. And that's when the adventure kicked in, I think. I actually had to make a decision one night. It was my first night camping and I was a bit terrified of every sound. I was in a campground completely to myself. About 2 o'clock in the morning, a car pulls up beside my camper. A guy gets out, he stands there, just looks around. For about half an hour, gets back in his camper and takes off. I was terrified. And then I realised this is the first night of months away. You just have to not be scared. Like, I can either just be scared or I can just choose not to be scared. So I just said to myself, that's it, no more being scared. And from that moment, I wasn't scared again. Oh one night, there was this big giant, hairy spider in my camper van. And my first thought was that I have two choices, catch the spider or set the camper on fire. Because she had clearly moved in, she wanted to stay. The camper wasn't big enough for both of us. So I think once you're pregnant and you're tired and you realise it's only you and this baby and you've got to take care of both you and the baby, I was like, that's it. You are not You are not ruining my trip. I don't have time for this shit. And I grabbed a container and I just lunged, which is a big feat for somebody who can barely get out of bed. And I just lunged with a container and I caught this spider and I ran half naked. For someone who's a never nude, this is a big deal. I ran in my bloody undies up to the edge of the bush and I threw this spider away and that was it. I had a great time. I was never lonely. I was talking to people all the time. I was climbing mountains. I was snorkeling at the Great Barrier Reef. I was swimming in gorges and I had an adventure. I saw the sunrise every morning and I saw the sunset every evening and I had the best time and it was great. Before I left, I gave myself a firm talking to where I said, it's gonna get tough, Kai. It's gonna get lonely. It's gonna get hard shit's going to hit the fan, you're going to struggle, you just got to stick with it and you got to get through. And you know what? Nothing really went wrong. I mean, yeah, the bottom fell out of my camper and the fridge exploded and there was an ammonia gas leak. And, but none of that really mattered because I felt safe the whole time, my baby was safe the whole time. And all of those fears, all of those things I worried about didn't come to fruition. I was lonely twice. One time I went for a walk and one time I went to sleep. All of those things that you tell yourself is going to go wrong if you take this big risk, if you put yourself out there, if you leave safety, you convince yourself that any number of things can happen and, yes, sometimes it happens, but a lot of the time it doesn't and for me it didn't. I had a great time. I had a hell of an adventure. For years I had been saying I want to make a podcast. Through my work whenever working with clients, we talk about recovery, we talk about healing as doing it through connection, find meaning, find purpose, find connection, find a reason to get up in the morning. And I just kept thinking, you know, what brings me meaning and connection? And it was something I wanted to explore. And I have no idea why I wanted to explore it with a microphone in my hand. I think I like telling stories. So the podcast I made while traveling is called Towards Connection. The whole premise of the podcast is what brings people meaning and connection. And meaning and connection, I think, are quite hard terms to define and I still struggle to define what that actually means and a lot of people have different interpretations. But what I'm finding is the common threads throughout and a lot of it is about being in the moment with someone or something, having the shopping list and the to-do list out of your heads, being able to sit in a moment where you're really, really present with yourself or somebody else. I went into this thinking I could do one thing that would bring my life more meaning and connection. And I haven't necessarily adopted one thing that has been a fundamental change, but I've picked up bits and pieces and I'm starting to incorporate that into my life. But mostly what I'm learning, because this journey is still going, but what I'm learning is how to just be more. One element of my podcast is engaging in the activity that the guests in my podcast engage in. So that means that I have ended up dressing in drag and performing on stage or getting naked at a nudist beach. And these are things that are fundamentally, grossly uncomfortable for me. I'm an incredibly shy person. I have a fair bit of anxiety. I don't like being seen. You know, sometimes just leaving the house is uncomfortable for me and then dressing up and getting on stage or getting naked, I identify as a never nude. I would shower with my clothes on if it was practical. I do not like taking my clothes off. And I put myself in these situations to get out of my comfort zone because I think that's where learning and growth happens. And I wanted to push myself and I wanted to challenge myself. If I keep trying to hide in the world and I keep wanting to stay in my comfort zone, I'm not going to know what's on the other side of being brave. And I have learned many things like, I make a very good-looking drag queen who is not a good dancer or performer. I actually pulled my hip in the first, like, 20 seconds. I don't think my body's built for dancing. I have learnt that I don't want to get naked in public again, even though after a while you forget about it. So I have learnt more what's not for me than what is for me. But I have no regrets doing any of the things that I tried and... I'm proud of myself for being brave and getting uncomfortable, more uncomfortable than I usually am. Why not? You only live once. So since coming back from my trip, I had a baby. I finished the podcast. I have been learning to parent. I have had to go back to do some work and I've gone back to work in my original sector in sexual, domestic and family violence, but I took a short-term contract because... I don't think the winds of change have completely passed me yet. I have some of that energy to give back to people that was missing before I left. So I can do that work again and I might, but I've left the door still open because I still feel like change is in the air. But that journey is continuing and you know what? I hope it continues for as long as I live because I think, well, the second I stop, Wanting to grow and change and wanting to have adventures and wanting to look for more meaning and connection is the day that I've probably turned away from my values and stopped living the life I want to live, so I hope to continue doing that. And now I have a young person that I want to impart that on as well and I want to be a role model and I want to show him that you can live by your values and you can live a different life and you don't have to do what the world tells us to do. So now I'm doing it for him as much as I am for myself. I don't know whether I'm at a new crossroads. I don't think so. I think I'm still on that path of where is this adventure taking me? And we'll see.
0: Thank you for listening to I'm at a Crossroad. If this episode has touched on issues you're struggling with and you feel like you need resources or support, go to beyondblue.org.au or for 24-hour free counselling in Australia called Lifeline on 13 11 14 and please look after yourself. I'm at a Crossroad is produced on Bidjigal and Gadigal land by students from the Australian Film, Television and Radio School. We would like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional owners and custodians of this land and pay our respects to Elders past and present. This episode was edited by Campbell Moore and Jonathan Pearson. Sound designed by Jonathan Pearson and Harry Hughes. Produced by Liam A. Church and Keegan Brown. Executive Producers Tristan Black and Angela Chu.